The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Hey there, darling listeners. I hope that you are in your joy today. I hope you've been blown away by the shifts you've been making with your home play practice. And as always, I love hearing from those of you who share that with me. And I want you to know that I feel you out there. I really do feel that energetic connection and that plays a bit into the topic that we'll be discussing today with my wildly gifted guest, Stephanie Banks. Stephanie is a best-selling author and TEDx speaker, a highly sought-after intuitive channel. You know I love this stuff. A mentor and guide who helps people connect on the soul level. She channels from the perspective of any soul currently on the planet, souls on the other side, purely non-physical beings such as spirit guides, as well as trees, animals, Gaia. This is so juicy and wonderful. Stephanie, I'm so happy you're here. Welcome, friend. Thank you so much, Lisa. I am thrilled to be here with you. Thanks for having me. We we, uh, have been looking forward to this with a few stops and starts. So I'm, I'm glad that it finally finally was able to work out. Yes. So I know that channeling um, means different things to different people. We've, we've noticed that on the show as we've had different intuitive folks like yourself. Maybe we'll start with you telling us your definition of channeling. Thank you. Perfect. It does. It has various definitions. But for me, channeling is connecting to divine energy. And since I believe we are divine energy, it's not a matter of going out there and finding it and bringing it in. It's a matter of aligning frequencies. So for me, um, my internal state is very important that I take great care of it. And if I don't, then my channeling access uh, is not as clear. So it's connecting to divine energy. And the way that I do it is I get quiet, I deeply listen, I go within, I kind of focus my attention um, visually in my imagination because that's how I'm able to perceive a lot of the pictures, movies, imagery that comes through. And then a lot of language comes through, a lot of um, 
that that's my form. I'm by background, I'm a speech pathologist, so I love language. And it's the modality that I use to bring messages and insight and guidance from spirit through for my clients. So I, I listen, my clients ask a question or make a request to hear from a particular soul. I drop in, I get quiet, I connect in the way that I do, and then I bring forward messages that come through in language and imagery that I share with my clients. And I believe we are all channels. There are so many different forms of channeling. Art is channeling, music is channeling, dance is channeling, writing is channeling. There are so many ways that we connect to divine energy and that's what's so exciting. I love how grounded you make it sound for us. And in Joy School, we're, we're all about raising our joy set point through that connection to that essence that we all have. We all are at our core. And, you know, we don't call it channeling, but I love all the the synchronicity and interplay when we have people such as yourself who have mastered that ability to such an extent that the the natural progression is to really be able to tap into that universal knowledge and, and universal place where all those souls are, are willing to to share with us i love how if you just make it sound like another day yes and it is so joyful for me there i would well i do this all day long and when i'm not doing it i'm craving to do it because it brings me so much joy our our guides, our spirit guides, or whatever you call that energy, sometimes angels, creator, source, love, whatever, however you connect with it language-wise, they want us to be joyful here. <laughs> they want us to stop taking ourselves so seriously all the time. And I believe we chose this particular lifetime in this moment, even with all the challenges that we have, to, to bring healing and joy, both, to all those that we're in surround with, all those that we're sharing this beautiful planet with. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I, I was interested in your description about connecting with souls who are living here on the planet. A lot of intuitives I've been, you know, connected with over the years specialize in mediumship crossing you know those who have crossed over or will definitely bring in your guides and your angels and tell you what your messages are how often does a client come to you with a request to um to to connect with somebody who's here it's it's the majority of my work really actually yeah so and you i find I, those soul contracts that they made is that yeah, so we can tap into that. You know, oftentimes, well, pretty much everyone I know who's in relationship wants to know from the soul of the person they're in relationship with really? uh, because it really can inform us um, in a beautiful way. The messages are always loving. Nothing, you know, I'm not attuning to anything that feels heavy or dark. Uh, it's just the highest loving vibration that I'm going to. So what what we hear from the soul perspective is what that soul needs or what they're here to do or what this relationship is here to express through the relationship and how the other person can show up in greater support of that or where more boundaries are needed um yes sometimes the it'll be illuminated what what's the i just channeled for someone yesterday and he learned that the person he was dating was um a sibling in another lifetime and so that, that can be exciting and also feel creepy <laughs> sure <laughs> or weird and you know you don't have to have the belief that we come back as souls repeatedly for learning how to get closer to unconditional love that happens to be what i believe through my studies and through my work 
Um, but you can come to it with any of your beliefs and keep them, uh, your religious beliefs or your spiritual beliefs. But I do sense that once we connect on a deeper soul level, there is no limit to what we can affect together by deeper love for each other. Mm, yeah, I want to go back to that. So you believe that all of our relationships here are to get us closer to that capacity for the oneness, the unconditional love. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Yeah. So <clears throat> when people ask me, well, um, can you channel my soul's purpose? Um, what I always say is that we we all have the same soul purpose, which is to get closer to the love of, again, whatever you call it, God, source, oneness. Um, and the ways that we do that, the paths that we take are through relationships. That's how we express ourselves. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, that's how we learn more about our journeys. That's how we learn more about ourselves. And in the process of expanding into relationships or sometimes contracting, depending on the type of relationship it is, we are able to tap into that greater love. So, and to learn from that and to grow from that. So that's, that's ultimately what I believe all of our souls are here for. And then we come in with certain passions. So for me, animals are a passion trees are a passion the the entire planet is a passion of mine so i know that i am here to serve into that to bring more healing and regeneration especially given today's circumstances with our planet being on fire and so many beings being you know in suffering i meant to serve into that into some way it doesn't mean i have to be overwhelmed by it it doesn't mean i have to be taken down by it but there is some aspect that my soul wants to serve into through the place of love and soul connection that will allow for that healing um, to be realized. Mm, yeah, and it just is such a game changer when any soul is able to shift into just living for that purpose. And it's often something that's been right under our nose the whole time, but we kept overlooking it, right? Because it didn't fit in with our model of what success was going to look like or our life plan should look like. And then one day it just comes into focus and, oh yes, this is what I've been supposed to dedicate myself to all along. I feel you there, sister. Okay, so on the relationships, I'm going to go back and I'm going to be selfish for a moment and, and bring it around to me. So I have, um, I've had a really heartbreaking year with two family of origin members, my father and brother, and I know that it's a gift. I know that there's a message in it and, and all of that. And I've heard you know various teachers talk about how no matter what the flavor of your relationship is, do you believe we chose it, A, because that's one of the, the theories that is often, you know, like you, you chose this exact path for your learning. And I just want to talk some more about how even the, the relationships that feel really heartbreaking and uncomfortable are still for our benefit. Yeah, I do believe that we sort of select, this is the way I imagine it anyways, that prior to taking birth in any particular lifetime, we have this opportunity to gather our soul family, our posse, our <clears throat> and even our energetic family too. So the, the guides or the energies that maybe don't incarnate ever, but, but join us in the journey and support us and protect us and provide us with what we need. And so I, I imagine myself, for example, scanning around there before I become, you know, a baby um, and saying, okay, maybe, all right, all right, yeah, I'll do that lifetime. Boy, that one looks like a doozy. 
the the earth is going to be on fire. The relationships are going to be intense. You know, there's going to be so much transformation, but I'm, I'm equipped for that. I'm built for that. I'm excited by that. So yeah. Okay. Going to do that. Here I go. I do believe that on some level we have um, choice, maybe not over every single family member, but in general, the constellation of our family dynamic and our makeup. And some of those souls are known to me. Um, so for example, I perhaps have cycled in another lifetime with my father or my mother or my sibling. Um, <clears throat> and we come here to play out certain things. And in this moment before taking birth in the lifetime, we might say, okay, you do this. You'll be this role as my mom in this lifetime. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be sticky. It's going to be tricky. We're going to bump up against each other. We're going to have a lot of heartache and heartbreak and all that, but I'm going to grow in this way from that. And so are you got it. Yeah. Okay, good. That's good. Got that squared away. So I kind of play it out in a little more dramatic sense for entertainment value, but I do, that's kind of how I envision things. And like I said, not everybody is someone is a soul that has necessarily been known to us before, but that doesn't mean the relationship is any less significant, nor that we have any less growth to do within the context of that. And as we know, there's very little learning that takes place when things are easy peasy and we're just gliding along with an easy life and no challenges. The growth occurs with challenging relationships. That's where we do our most heart expansion. That's where we allow for, um, if we choose, that's where we allow for the greatest growth and learning to take place. So thank goodness for our challenging relationships. They are our teachers. Mm, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely have found that to be the case. I wanted to to hear you articulate it so beautifully as you did. So our family constellations are partly chosen, you you feel, and then partly uh, created. Where does like the, the whole law of attraction, we create our reality, we create our experiences, how does that play in with these pre-made agreements? Like isn't well, the I, energy we bring to every day contributing to the next day and the next day? Yeah, I think of the law of attraction as the focus point for our perception. And, and that's where the work is really, because we can create a living hell or a living heaven, depending on our, all depending on our perception. And that's not to say that there aren't people who are in grave you know situations obviously we can see that around the globe so you can't i'm not saying oh you just tell a refugee to look at the bright side and everything will be fine no i'm not saying that at all but for the purpose of you and i in our lives right now that's what i'm speaking to so we have the option to see any situation or relationship as as a gift or a burden and depending on what we set our focus on we will experience more of that the law of attraction and also, depending on how we care for ourselves, we become a point of attraction. So if I'm treating myself really poorly and I'm eating food that is not nourishing and not beneficial to my body, and I'm not getting exercise and I'm not nourishing myself with relationships and friendships that are replenishing to me, then I'm going to feel and have a particular outlook on life. Whereas if the opposite occurs, I'm going to have a particular outlook as well and a, and a frequency to match that. So with my work, it's interesting because before I started offering my channeling work professionally, I told my guy, I was very worried that I would get clients who were a poor vibrational match for me. And that would therefore leave me feeling 
deflated, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, depleted <laughs> and unable to, to bring the joy that the work I know can bring. So I told my guides that support me in my work, I need you all to be the gatekeepers. I want to make sure that those that I serve are at least a vibrational match to the frequency that I carry or beyond. They can be higher. Yeah, bring that. I'd love to uh, to draw on that too. Um, and they have done that. They have done that for me. And that brings, again, more joy and more alignment and more um, power of attraction to the work that I do and the people that I serve. That's a beautiful gift from your guides. I'm so happy you have that that relationship with them that you can ask and receive that that service. It's a good service. The bouncers yes, at the totally. velvet robe of uh, Stephanie's <laughs> energy field. <laughs> <laughs> so does that work at the grocery store? I mean, do you ever, I assume you're a natural empath. Do you have to like uh, seal off your energy when you go out so that you don't just randomly pick up people's negative energies? Yeah, I did initially have to, I like the way you worded that, seal it off, like like take um, ownership of it um, so that I can know where I'm, where I'm at in, in, turn of my, in terms of my internal energetics um, and then either not bring that to others because sometimes we can be in a foul mood, right? When we go to the grocery store and we can unknowingly emanate that um, ickiness to others. Um, and also not to absorb. So I used to, I have a mantra where I would say, just observe, don't absorb. And then I can be in the observation of me, of the energy of others without making a story of it, without bringing it in and absorbing it into my energetic field. Um, Now I think it happens as a matter of course, I don't have to be quite so intentional about it but i definitely recommend being intentional about it when you're working with your energy when you're changing your frequency when you are um in in the field of energetic work or learning to yeah take ownership to tap in where are you and what do you wish or not wish to bring into your field yeah i've I've been taught to to make the bubble to make the energy bubble and to you know recycle my own positive energy in there and my little tweak that I like to make to it is that it's a one-way permeable bubble if I see somebody in line at the grocery store that I want to send some love to I want it to be able to go out but just nothing comes in without my my say so so it's just like one-way permeable membrane (laughs) I love it that works beautifully and that's a tool that everybody can use Yeah. Speaking of tools everybody can use, I uh, give the listeners every week a a practice they can take into their week, something to either hold in their heart and watch for and be cognizant of, or even better, something that they can do. Um, Do you have any little tools that you share with your clients, either on protecting their energy or opening up their, their intuitive channel? Because I know a lot of people are interested in that. Sure. Absolutely. What I recommend, I'll give a little, I'll give a little channeling practice, actually, technique that you can do if there is, say, a loved one, whether they are here earth side or on the other side, um, an animal, a beloved pet, anything you want to connect with more deeply, let's say through the heart. First step is move, go get some exercise. Um, you can dance. That's beautiful and helpful. You can go for a walk. You can do some cardio, whatever is good for your body, good and safe for your body to move energy out. 
because we tend to bunch up energy in our bodies. And this comes through tension. This comes through anxiety, comes through worry, comes through whatever we're going through, really. And the body, we keep our issues in our tissues, right? So the body um, holds that. So release that first. Then once you're in a state of um, more space, because that's ultimately what you're doing when you're exercising or moving energy out is you're creating more space in your body for something else to be present. Then get to a quiet place, an undisturbed place. Do not bring your phone or anything that will bing or ding or ting or you know interrupt you. <clears throat> a closed door is preferable. Sit comfortably and just breathe. Focus on your breath. I like to give the practice of heart-centered breathing where you breathe, you inhale through the front of your heart, you exhale out the back of your heart. And to help you with this, you can put a hand or two hands over your heart just to kind of focus. And then inhale through the front and exhale through the back. Again, this is clearing energy. This is making space for heart connection. And once you do that, say for just a few minutes or when you feel ready, then imagine with your eyes closed, this beloved of yours, I'll, <clears throat> I'll call in a dog because those are easy. Our animal energies are real easy to connect with and just feel their presence with you. Already, you and I are smiling great big. <laughs> that animal energy is so delicious, delightful, joyful, loving, unconditional that um, that can that can ensconce us, that can surround us in this divine, beautiful love. Spend a few minutes in that. Why not? Spend as long as you want to in that. And that's channeling. Wow, that is so beautiful. We've talked about that before, how the, the pets are such an easy, <laughs> easy tool for heart opening. That's adorable. Yeah, that's beautiful. So that would be just to, to show to yourself that you have this ability to channel the the energetic entity of another living being and yeah. if you did want to uh, graduate that to having a conversation with a loved one past or here on the plane still with us you would just replace the animal with this person and kind of just stay open and inquisitive to what what comes out of that connection yeah so what the reason i chose the animal is because we're very rarely resistant to right. the energies of our animals. And so a lot of people have some fear of channeling, especially if there has been rhetoric, say, from the religious um, upbringing or something about there being danger <clears throat> in that. And so this is a real safe way for you to experience soul connection without feeling any of that. And so it's a great starting point. And then, yes, just as you say, if you have a loved one that you want to communicate with on this deeper soul level. For example, I, I learned to do this with my mom <clears throat> while she had dementia. And with dementia, you can't communicate, you can't rely on communication as you used to quite often because those pathways are breaking apart. But you can rely on heart communication, you can rely on soul communication. So I would tune in, uh, not in her presence, but just again, in a safe, undisturbed area, and I would connect to the heart and I would say, is there anything that you need from me right now that would support you better at this moment in your journey? And whatever came through, I trusted. And I encourage people to do that because generally speaking, the first bubble, the first thing to enter 
will be loving. It will be of, of resonance. Then we tend to, just from pattern, run it up the flagpole of mm -hmm. cognition. We start mm -hmm. to think it. Is that real? Is that true? Am I making this up? Um, <clears throat> and then we can doubt. And as soon as we do all that, we lose the connection and then it becomes very chaotic and confusing. So trust the first thing that comes through your loved one. If it's an open-ended question, what can I do to support you? How can I show you more love? Uh, what would be a path that's easier for us to take right now? How, you know, any, anything of that nature that's you're wondering of your heart, you can ask that and then just listen. And if you feel like nothing comes through, that's not entirely true. Something is always coming through. It might not make sense to you just yet. It might not be in the language format yet or the imagery, but trust that you've made the connection and then keep going. That's beautiful. Yeah, we're we're always working in my groups on discerning those voices in our heads because we have a lot of voices and a lot of them are really loud if they're based in some fear or negative belief that we established early on that we don't even realize we're carrying around because it's become the water we swim in. Those can be really loud voices. And we always try to, to notice how the, the true voice of the soul is going to be a more quiet, high vibration frequency, positive message. So I think, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you're saying if the first thing that pops up is some non-high vibe thought, that's probably one of your, your beliefs that are, are popping in there in the way of the true intuitive voice. Is that correct? So just kind of yeah. be dismissive of those. Generally speaking, the first thing that comes through is going to be the loving connection. And then it, it happens in a split second. And then we can talk ourselves out of it or we can go to fear or we can go to doubt. So trust. I always encourage my students, trust the first thing that comes up. It might sound wild. It might sound like you don't know what to make of it. That's okay. It doesn't have to make perfect sense, but trust the first thing that comes through and then say thank you and keep going. Yeah. And then sometimes in the week following or the days following, something will pop into the external experience that will validate that little thing that made no sense, right? Absolutely. It links up. It creates a chain. And if you're awake and you're paying attention, then you'll, you'll see and you'll find those synchronicities and those resonances. And for when you feel you know, uncomfortable with something, if something feels of a frequency that doesn't feel comfortable to you, don't grab onto it. Don't wrestle it to the ground. You know, you don't need to make sense out of that. Do you, do we want to constantly watch the news that's being fed to us from around the world? No, same thing here. We don't always want to believe the creations of our mind, which are designed to keep us safe, but do so in a way that can be, can feel very scary and fear-based. Right. And often do the opposite of keeping us safe by keeping us focused on an energy that we don't want to create more of in our lives. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So do you have a, a purposeful way that you turn this on and off? Do you just go through your regular life with all your relationships, having this this gift of empathy and, and reading other people? Has it changed your relationships? Oh, sure. Yeah, it has definitely changed my relationships. For the most part, it's enhanced them. And then there have been a couple that I that could not hold the frequency. And so we don't, you know, they're, they have changed completely. Um, and what I do, so what I'm clear about for myself and with my guides is that I know when I'm on the clock, say in a session or in an interview, and when I will be tapping in or having access 
to do the channeling work. And then when I'm not, I'm not. And I don't, I told them, my, my guides for this, I don't want to constantly be like, hey, you know, Dr. So-and-so wants you to tell so-and-so this. No, thank you. <laughs> I have enough drama in my own life to, to not be perturbed, you know, and interrupted with this. That doesn't mean that sometimes things don't come through because sometimes they do. Sometimes I'll have a session. And then even after the session or days later, I might have um, additional information or insights. And it's my, it's my professional decision whether or not I share those. Oftentimes, I don't because I trust that what comes through in the context and the, you know, the defined time of a session is exactly what that person needs. Anything else or beyond will either be expressed again in another session or it's just for my understanding to, you know, for, for me to bring in the deepest work I can. I want to go back to you saying that some relationships vibrationally fell away as you elevated your frequency. I assume that that's what you know becoming more intuitive, more uh, skilled in this area looks like is raising your vibration, raising your frequency. And um, I, I've, I've noticed in my own work, though it's not related so so specifically to intuition, that it becomes a really difficult thread to maintain sometimes when you're really trying to hold on to that um, relationship, but the vibration is just getting further and further apart. Is that just a natural part of everybody's journey when they're purposefully on this path of elevating their frequency, elevating their consciousness? I believe so. I believe it's actually part of our journey of, of growth. You know, we at all different phases of our lives, we've had different types of friendships, right? I think everybody, this is pretty universal. And <clears throat> we don't always keep every single friendship throughout our entire lives. There are some that naturally spin out because we have nothing in common anymore, but that doesn't mean we have any less love for the person. We just, it, the, the conversations become cumbersome or awkward or just unpleasant um, or uncomfortable. So it's the same as adults. We're going to have people that are drawn in to us for particular phases of time or growth in our lives, and then maybe quite naturally and easily um, move on. And we don't have that type of friendship anymore. Um, I've had friendships. <clears throat> I have a friendship right now that was begun in college. I love this person dearly. And my work frightens her a bit because of her religious beliefs. We have found a way to still stay deeply, beautifully, lovingly connected through our friendship. And we don't have to avoid certain conversations. We did for a while out of comfort because there really didn't feel to be space in the friendship. <clears throat> but we've had the rough conversations. And now I know exactly where she stands. Her concern is out of um, her worry is out of concern for me based on her beliefs, and I don't have those same worries, and we have just found a way to continue on in our love and friendship with each other. And then there's an example of, you know, my marriage didn't have room for the work that I do. So um, I'm no longer in that marriage, and that's a heartbreaking decision to make, um, but absolutely the right one. And for me, um, and, and so it's allowed me to be who I am without having to confine or, or shrink myself in any ways. Mm, yeah, that's a great example. I've been there too, sister. <laughs> and, 
And I do feel that I, I'm someone who it's really hard for me to let go of any relationship ever. Like I just, I, I don't like that part of it, but I do feel that as we vibrationally kind of up level, the new relationships that we attract and bring in are so much more rich and meaningful that they, they more than fill the void of whichever things we need to let go because we're just able to connect in such a more intimate immediate way even with relatively newer uh, people in our lives i totally agree it's the same thing i was talking about with uh, exercise creating space in the body by releasing energy when we let go of relationships that cannot serve either person anymore we create space for more for more you know deep deeper connections purposeful connections it is hard. I would totally agree. I go kicking and screaming when it comes to letting go of relationships. That is not easy for me. I don't want to do it. My mind can't figure out why it has to be that way. Why can't I make it work? Um, but then if we're, if we're paying attention to our energy and we are consistently depleted by a conversation or a person in our lives, well, there's the signal you know, there's the truth and we can either act on it or not. We can do it all with love. Separating from friendships or romantic relationships doesn't mean there's no love anymore. Yeah, that's true. And all we're responsible for is our half of the equation, right? We we can yeah. bring any, any love, any feeling, any energy we want to our half of it. And the other half is none of our business. That's what I've learned. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still learning that. <laughs> yeah, I'm still learning it too getting better day by day. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. So, okay, I want to ask you one of my big perennial questions that we always continue to spiral with in Joy School. We do a lot of work with those energies that we've all stored that aren't serving us. Different masters have called them different things. We use the Vedic term samskaras sometimes, or my word for it is bucket beliefs. I totally calls it the pain body. And we know that to digest the pain body, to again use totally terminology, we have to feel these big feelings, right? These stored energies got there because of times that we weren't emotionally equipped to hold that enormity of feeling. So we stuffed it, denied it, repressed it. That's why we have these sensitive trigger points we all have that show up as our hot buttons. So there's that. And then there's this wealth of insight and information in the spiritual world for doing these reframes, understanding that our whole experience of life is about perception. Like we were just addressing earlier, we're all looking at the world through this tiny keyhole. None of our keyholes are lined up the same. And so we have so many tools that we use for understanding ways to find that better keyhole to line up. Like so that when we're triggered, we can shift perspective and, and then we're in a higher frequency. So yes to that and yes to that, right? Both valuable stuff. And there's this real discernment practice in there. Since we want tools for feeling good, feeling that joy, and we have that deep spiritual truth that we need to make sure we're allowing the full expression of every emotion natural to us humans, both so that we can break 
the habit of denying and squashing our feelings and in order to do that work of releasing those stored energies. So I know I just said a lot, but I know you're a super high level thinker around all these concepts and it's something that we're continually trying to refine in my, my joy school groups. How do you conflate these potentially contradictory spiritual truths? Well, <clears throat> they're not contradictory because they both have to exist, like you said. So it's both and, um, just like humans carry darkness and light, right? This is, they exist and we choose from how we're going to orient our attention, our behaviors, our decisions. So <clears throat> what I find to be key in all of this human experience is self-love and self-approval. Because sometimes I too slide into this very, you know, heavy place of looking at particular things in a denser way, <clears throat> not being um, open-minded, right? Being closed off, making judgments, whatever, whatever it is. And if I stand in judgment of myself for that, I create so much more of a hellish experience then if I just acknowledge with as close to a neutral mind as I can, ah, okay, this is where I am right now. This is what's going on for me right now. What do I need? What, what is that signal telling me? Oh, I need some dark chocolate, which by the way, is usually what I need. <laughs> True story. Um, or again, I need some exercise. I need to move some stuff out of my body or I need a really good conversation with a friend who's not going to add to the energy of intensity that I'm bringing, but who is because by nature of their own energetics, they're going to help dissipate that. They're going to create some open space for that. So I find that we can navigate more easily to access what feels better to us in, from a place of non-judgment and self-approval. That's beautiful. That's exactly where we keep landing at Joy School and kind of growing in that understanding because we, we have all these tools to recognize that whatever triggered that hot button, that, that reactivity in us is based in a belief we formed early on that was really uh, not based on anything objectively true. So then there's that tendency to want to sort of discredit the feeling because we know intellectually that it's based in this thing that's not true, but at the same time, the feeling itself is very real. So it's holding those two things side by side, like, yeah, I understand that that feeling got there based in bullshit, but however, it is a real feeling that I felt and stored and it's activated now. So I have to love myself through it and love myself into the digesting of this feeling. Completely. And we all know what it feels like to wrestle our feelings. They win. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they come out the victors every time. So yeah, so just feel them, just feel them. And if you can take moments of observation of yourself feeling your feelings, there are our emotions are our teachers, there are informants and what lies under the emotion is the wisdom that we're meant to be present to. So we can't get there without feeling it or or even by overfeeling it because then we're, we're drowning in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all about that balance and discernment. And um, you you spoke to it earlier, the being the witness to being being that observer presence. That's where we really are aligned with what we call our vertical self in, in joy school as opposed to our horizontal self, Eckhart Tolle terms again. Um, and, and the more that we can bring that vertical self to the forefront of our lives, the more joy there is and the, the more we're able to, to be in that witness state. 
you know, there's a quick practice I'll I'll provide here for yeah. witnessing yourself. It's super super easy, and we all can do this. When when you're in it, um, whatever it is, intense emotions. Let's say, if you can float up out of your body, because we have the ability to perceive ourselves rather than just be in the um, overwhelm of whatever is is present um, emotionally. See yourself. I see myself floating up out of my body. I am this being looking down upon myself. And I say something of a message that I want myself to receive, such as um, all is well, all will be well, the universe has your back, you know, something very simple like that. Or I'll see myself as a precious child, a precious being of divine energy. Um, and see, even though it's hard right now, even though it, it feels so um, uncomfortable, sad, despairing, angry, rage, whatever it is, um, I am seeing myself in a moment in time, capturing that moment and sending the kindness and compassion that I would want anyone else to send to me, towards me, so that I can receive that. And then it's a reminder, I am not only existing in this one intense moment, I have so much more expansive reach and consciousness that goes beyond whatever this one emotional state is creating right now. That's so beautiful. My joy schoolers are gonna be cracking up listening to that because we, we do an exercise where we go into feeling ourselves as the vertical self and then just jotting down whatever we perceive that as because it's unique to everybody, right? It's gonna feel different, look different, sound different, whatever the the images that comes up or the feeling that comes up and the way you described it is very similar to what i've always felt which i realized in describing it once is almost like a gumby presence i have this like column of light going up my spine but it's got like big like gumby arms that wrap around and then like my horizontal self is playing out in this little space inside the hug almost like an aerial view of the truman show where it's just like okay all these little energies are going on and i'm that loving you know voice talking to it just just like you just described so i don't like to put those ideas into people's minds that it has to look that way to you because i know when we do that exercise it's like wildly different for different of my my joy schoolers but in case you just you want a way to tap into it that was a beautiful description that stephanie just gave you mm, love it love it i love your <laughs> description too my gumby <laughs> yes it's such a kind compassionate gumby <laughs> Well, Stephanie, how can people stay in touch with you and probably want to go have readings with you? Because that sounds like something that everybody's going to want to do. How do we find you? Um, you can go to my website, soulinsight.com, S-O-U-L-I-N-S-I-G-H-T.com. Beautiful. And anything coming up that you're having a class or a nothing, nothing like that on the calendar to tell us about or? Yeah, yeah. I have actually a Learn to Channel class coming up at the end of this month. It's it's August 1st. Happy August 1st. It won't <laughs> air August believe. 1st, but it'll air in August. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and at the end of August, I'm teaching a Learn to Channel class. Um, it's joyful. That's the That has to be the foundation of channeling because we are here to be joyful beings. So that's a three-month um, experience where we meet every other week, and I teach all the techniques, tools, strategies that I use as a professional channel so I know that they work um, to support us. We don't have to want to be channels 
professionally, but tapping into divine energy and wisdom whenever we wish for our own purpose. Yes, please. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Super helpful. Super helpful. That's so wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure you'll have people follow up. Any parting words, anything I, I failed to ask that's on your heart that you want to share with, with listeners? I just think coming back to self-compassion is what's going to support us through this time. Yeah. Oh, that's a biggie. That landed. That landed right on my heart. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing this time with me and your precious, precious self. Love you. Thank you. Love Thanks, you, Lisa. listeners. You know your home play. You heard it about halfway in. See you next week. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. I'll see you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love. We talk to the animals and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.